welcome back to Bridgerton Fancast. We're a podcast created by two fangirls to discuss the hit Netflix show Bridgerton. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me at Musing on Instagram and Twitter, and I have not read the Bridgerton books. And my name is Rita. I unfortunately live in England, and I'm at Annoying Rita on Instagram and Twitter, and I am the book reader. <laughs> If this is your first time joining us, hello, welcome. Thank you for giving us a try. This podcast is an after-show style, so we release one podcast a week where we discuss one episode at a time, so there won't be any spoilers. We are very aware that most of our listeners binged the show on day one, uh, because why wouldn't you? But we think it's still worthwhile going back and watching it along with us and taking a bit of a closer inspection of the show's themes and storylines. So, anyway, let's start our discussion, shall we? Episode 1 of Season 2 was called Capital R Rake, (laughs) which is a quote from the book that was not used in the show. Very (laughs) annoying. Uh, It was written by our fearless leader and executive producer, Chris Van Dusen, and it was directed by Trisha Brock. Here's a, I use the word quick recap, <laughs> um, but guys, it was an hour and ten long, I know. <laughs> an hour and ten minute long episode, so it's a bit of a long recap, uh, but it'll remind everyone what went down yes. in this episode. The season began with Daphne rolling up at the Bridgerton house to find her family anxiously awaiting Eloise's exit from her bedroom on her presentation day at court. After much panicking, bickering, uh, there was there was a lot going on in that hallway. A lot going on in that hallway. Um, Eloise storms out looking predictably furious, but absolutely beautiful. Across at Buckingham Palace, the Queen prepares for the day's festivities by obsessing about Lady Whistledown. <laughs> we learn that during the off-season, there were no more pamphlets, and that the Queen is now completely certain Whistledown is one of us. <gasps> a scandalo! After Eloise suffers a mental breakdown on the carriage journey, the Bridgertons arrive at court, back at Grosvenor's... Grosvenor's... Grosvenor... Uh, Grosvenor... Dro- you know, the square. Uh, Lady Whistledown herself, Penelope, sits at her window awaiting for something to arrive. Finally it does, the season's first Lady Whistledown missive. Across town, a footman rushes to the Queen and hands her a fresh edition, abruptly ending Eloise's presentation at court, much to her relief. Truly, I cannot say I will long for any of this. Best of luck to you, brother. You shall certainly need it this season. Now, after the title credits that still look like they were made by Pixar in 1995, <laughs> we get a very bizarre noir-style flashback sequence. The camera goes all askew, <laughs> and, and it shows Penelope at work as Lady Whistledown. Now, apparently, she's sneaking out of balls and into a coach which has a disguise waiting for her under the seat. So many questions about that setup. Like, yeah. how, how, how? Anyway, yeah. uh, she approaches her publisher dressed as an Irish lady's maid. And I just, like, how has she never been followed by anyone? <laughs> Everyone knows who's publishing. 
the pamphlet. This is a terrible plan. Yes. What? Anyway. Yes. Anyway, calm down, Rita. <laughs> I digress. She's also apparently squirreling away large sums of money under her floorboards. Smart. Mm-hmm. The flashback ends and we are back at Shea Featherington. Everyone is dressed in muted tones for the first time ever, so we assume they are still in mourning. Portia complains about having no money as they are still waiting the arrival of the new Lord Featherington. But in delightful news, Philippa and Mr. Finch, a.k.a. Cheese Man, uh, have got engaged. So true love wins y'all. Yay! Mm-hmm. Then we got a cute domestic scene at Bridgerton House with Eloise stepping on Gregory's toes during a dance lesson. <laughs> Anthony walked in with his itinerary of things to do before the season starts, and he just casually slips in that he needs his mother's betrothal ring, and Violet is like, wait, back up a minute. <laughs> Who are you proposing to? Anthony is like, I don't really know yet, but uh, he has set up what he calls interviews. <laughs> Mother of the Year Violet can tell that Anthony has lost his damn mind, but instead of taking the talking this through with him, tries to send Benedict to do that instead. Slow clap for uh, Violet yeah. Bridgerton. Can't even well, talk to her own son. Yeah. Well done. You saw how well that worked last season for your daughter Daphne. You would think she would learn a lesson from that, but no. We can't Clearly have nice not. things. At, oh, no. Cue a manic montage of Anthony working his way through his list of eligible debutantes, interviewing them as if he is in an episode of The Apprentice. We then see a stressed-out Anthony at his desk, working on his accounts and counting coins. Oh, and those coins being spent on mistresses because he is a what? Capital R Rake, after all. And did you see that butt? It was back, baby. It was back. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, after that truly depressing montage, the show cuts to a pair of geese strolling around Hyde Park on a misty morning. Now, a quick Google search told me that to see a pair of geese is a symbol of the imminent arrival of a soulmate. And oh. I have been keeping that information in for months because there were paparazzi photos and I was like, what do the geese mean? Anyway, <laughs> I'm all for the farmyard animals. Uh, what do you know? <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> as soon as Anthony looks up from these geese, he hears hooves thundering past him and a woman galloping ahead. He assumes she's in distress and gives of chase. Course. Only for it to turn into, like, this fun, sexy ride with the woman <laughs> clearly winning considerably. Just when he thinks he's caught up to her, she leaps over a hedge and looks over at him triumphantly. Now the audience <laughs> then meets Hallelujah Kate Sharma. Yes! Yes! <laughs> uh, for the first time. And she's, like, smirking and looking pretty badass. And I was like, mm -hmm. I'm going to build a shrine to her. She is perfect. <laughs> Uh, Anthony is, of course, intrigued by said perfection and starts asking a bunch of questions to try and work out who the hell she is. She's pretty evasive, but he works out that she is both single and living in Mayfair. Ding, ding, ding. Anthony is <laughs> loving what he's hearing. Uh, but then she has to gallop away before he can learn her name. We've not yet been introduced. I'm afraid that is not possible. Not when I have a victory lap to enjoy. Um... <laughs> 
Anthony has like this huge grin on his face as he watches her ride away. And I was like, oh, he's smiling for the first baby's first smile, everyone. You yes. guys. He just met his soulmate. Oh, the ducks don't lie. The ducks don't lie. Um, we then go to Lady Danbury's house where Lady Mary and her daughter Edwina are thanking Danbury for letting them stay for the season. Kate strolls in late, making some lame excuse about walking around the garden. Girl, we know you're out there flirting with that Bridgerton boy. Mm-hmm. Lady Danbury assumes they have all arrived, but Kate is like, hold up. You can't forget Newton. No, no, no. Cut to the fluffiest, sweetest boy in the world, a.k.a. Newton the Corgi! <laughs> oh my god, we were uh, we were uh, out for a walk yesterday, and I can't tell you the number of corgis I saw. It's a sign. <laughs> I just, it's a sign, it's a sign. Let's see, we love a dog here at In the Books Network, and this one gets an 11 out of 10 rating from us. Such a good boy. Lady, <laughs> it's such a good boy. Lady Danbury explains to them that she is to host the season's first fall, and Mary expresses apprehension at being back in society and in Queen Charlotte's company. Lady Danbury, however, is more worried about making sure that the two girls will be up to the Queen's exacting standards. Lady D is worried about Kate's advanced age. At 26, she is quite prehistoric uh, by Tom's standards. But Kate assures her that she is only in London to make sure Edwina catches a husband. Kate is massively snarky <laughs> as she thanks Lady Danbury for securing them instructors and then lists out all of Edwina's accomplishments. She can speak six languages, plays three instruments, and can dance the cotillion, the quadrille, and the waltz. Damn. Kate, <laughs> Kate's entire energy is bossy and know-it-all, and we have... No choice but to stand. Also, I just realized Kate must know all those languages, instruments, and those dances too. Mm -hmm. Girl, that's Mm -hmm. impressive. And she can ride a horse like damn. Oh, good Christ. Anyway. Seriously. (laughs) Eloise and Penelope hit up the market, and the conversation turns to whistle down, as it is wont to do with those two. And Eloise mm-hmm. remarks that she has gone off her. Now she has read A Vindication to the Rights of Women. Huzzah, finally. Uh, Penelope <laughs> looks low-key annoyed that Eloise doesn't hero-worship her anymore. But just you wait, <laughs> Eloise. Uh-huh. Back at Lady Danbury's, the Sharma sisters. The Sharma sisters. Anyway, uh, <laughs> prepare for the ball. Edwina is worried people won't like her and that the gossip her mother endured years ago will taint them by association. Kate reassures her that Lady Danbury will smooth things over and encourages her not to judge prospective suitors on their appearance or title, but to focus on his mind and spirit. This might be expecting a little bit too much from a teenager, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, She talks to Edwina about finding true love. Um, she starts to look wistful, and oh no, I think we have a thread that needs to be tugged on, but we can't. Not right now. <laughs> tug, 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 yank, 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 yank. <laughs> we will worry about that later, because it's time for the first ball of the season. Material Girl plays as the Sharma Sisters. The Sharma Sisters! <laughs> Can we do that <laughs> the whole season, crazy... please? By the way. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. 
um, enter a crazy, opulent party. I mean, this party is off the chain. It's crazy. I know. By the way, oh. wasn't it better than the Queen's party? I was way more impressed. Um, yeah. Sh- no shade to, uh, let- to Queen Charlotte because she tried her best, but... Mm. Mm-hmm, but mm-mm. Lady Danbury, you just, just sit down. Let the woman do what she's going to do. Anyhow, Lady Danbury decides to be bold and immediately approaches the Queen, reintroducing her to Lady Mary. The Queen is frost personified. Oh my god. It was, oh, she's so good. Um, across the conservatory, Eloise, Violet, Benedict, and Anthony enter. Eloise immediately begins to complain and is shuffled off by Benedict towards the cakes. <laughs> Leaving Anthony at the mercy of his mother, who loudly announces he intends to find a wife this season. He is immediately hounded by desperate women. (laughs) Honestly, have some decorum, ladies. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Seriously, don't don't throw yourself in here. Good lord. Across the ballroom, gossip. Is that Lady Mary Sheffield Sharma? I can't believe she would show her face here again. Scandal, Lala. Lady Mary was the incomparable of our season till she fell in love with and married some kind of clerk, I hear. The two of them absconded to India thereafter. A Maharaja, I would have understood. But the man was no more than a common worker who already had a child. That must be her, the older one. Lady Mary's parents, the Sheffields, never lived down the shame, did they? Too shame to show their faces in London. If only every family could be as respectable as ours. <laughs> yes. Lady Featherington? Portia Featherington is then accosted by Mr. Finch's parents, asking her where the hell Philippa's dowry money is. Portia is unable to give them an answer, so she bursts into fake tears and spews some nonsense <laughs> about mourning her dear departed husband to get them off her back. <laughs> we stand such quick thinking. Congrats, Portia. Uh, Kate spots Anthony being swarmed by ladies. Lady Danbury explains that he is wealthy, well-connected, and from one of the town's most illustrious families. Both Kate and Edwina look smitten. Oh, no. Oh, dear. (laughs) Edwina is then asked to dance, so Kate uses that time to low-key stalk Anthony, uh, watching on as he miserably dances with a debutante, and then following him out into the gardens. I mean, damn, girl. Uh, she ends up eavesdropping on his conversation with fellow asshole bachelors um, <laughs> that loves the last thing he desires. He wants his wife to have a pleasing face, an acceptable wit, enough genteel manners to credit a Viscountess. Oh, and, and don't forget, suitably wide enough hips for childbearing. <laughs> okay. Well, you don't want them dying out on you like... <laughs> Simon's no, but mother. still. God. So inconvenient. But still, it's like, she's not a horse, man. Come on. That that outdid Darcy's <laughs> first, uh, you yeah. know, slap back at, um, you know, our, our poor heroine, whose name just slipped Elizabeth. And I, I'm going to go to hell poor, for poor that. Poor Lizzie. I, not pretty enough to tempt him. No. <laughs> I know. Right. Oh, my God. So, yeah, Anthony, you win. Uh, Let's see. Kate looks crushed. She has a crush on an asshole. Don't worry, girl. We've all been there. For reals. I was like, oh, no. 
no! (laughs) (laughs) Whilst trying to make her escape from the bushes, Anthony hears her and comes to confront her in the scene we've all watched a thousand times, thanks to Tudum. So my summary (laughs) is thus. Anthony's like, oh my god, it's you! And then Kate turns into that TikTok meme that, you know, like, immediately no. Immediately no. I'm telling you, I've seen what I needed to see, and no. (laughs) And then she cuts him off and walks away before he can again catch her name. Funny how that keeps happening. Uh, Kate has officially had enough of the ball and announces dramatically that her family is leaving (laughs) early. They are clearly unprepared for the lion den, as she puts it. But I suspect that she's just upset by a certain young man. Eloise interrupts Penelope while skulking in corners, getting her gossip like three times, meaning she can't write down her gossip and sneak off to her waiting getaway car, or carriage in this case. Uh, She grows increasingly frustrated and instead of her usual arrangement, has to sneak out of her house after her family have all gone to bed. This is terrible because she arrives very late at the print shop, almost as the sun is rising, and is forced to admit that this will be happening uh, more often now. Thanks, Eloise. I have dubbed this storyline Eloise the Cockblock. It's time for the morning calls because (laughs) we follow a routine here. Eloise's suitor looks like he should still be in school. And he spends most of his visit playing marbles with her younger siblings. <laughs> Just height of romance. Oh, oh yeah. Over at Lady Danbury's, Kate is busy frightening off any of Edwina's suitors with her prickly attitude. <laughs> I loved it. She's doing a season one answer yes. people. See? They're soulmates. <laughs> Back at Bridgerton House, Eloise and Anthony are both complaining about their respective evenings on the marriage mart. Poor Anthony's crushed toes might never recover. (laughs) Before he can escape, Violet accosts him. Lady Delilah has beautiful manners, and I hear Miss Goodwin is very accomplished in her needlework. Perhaps you shall get to know them better soon. Lady Delilah can barely string a sentence together for nerves, and Miss Goodrum thought that Napoleon fights for the Spanish. And as for every other eager chit you pushed in my direction, I would happily never lay eyes on them again. I'm looking for perfection, Mother, and you should be too. The woman I marry shall be the Viscountess Bridgerton, the lady of this household responsible for launching my sisters and bearing my children. Do you truly desire them to be raised by a woman who does not know how to so much as hold a map right side up? Which sounds pretty reasonable to me. Yeah. I mean, Napoleon being Spanish is an insane... I mean, come on. <laughs> but apparently, yeah. Violet thinks Anthony's standards are just too high and she tells him he's going to end up alone if he wants anyone with a mediocre <laughs> intelligence she really does not think highly of the ton does she uh, uh, no no <sighs> honestly violet this is bridgerton no one ends up all alone here no the bees have to have the bees have to have their purpose anyway despite the delay the new whistledown edition makes its way into queen charlotte's apartments whistledown slash penelope is cajoling her to choose the season's damn diamond already, much to Charlotte's annoyance. Luckily for her, she still has until tomorrow night's grand-ass ball that is conveniently diamond-themed. Cut to the evening at Lady Danbury's, she receives a letter which appears to spur her to seek a conversation with Kate. 
She leads off by announcing that she knows all about the little horse ride in the morning and that she is pissed off that Kate has been lying to her. Um, Lady Danbury has written to the Sheffields, Lady Mary's parents, and Edwina's grandparents, and Danbury has learned the real reason that the Sharma girls, the Sharma sisters, are in London. Edwina is to find a husband, but he has to belong to English nobility. If she marries someone they approve of, the Sheffields will provide Edwina with a sizable dowry and an income for Lady Mary. They desperately need the money following Kate's father's death and are relying on Edwina to succeed. Lady Danbury correctly points out that Edwina has a right to know about this, but Kate is desperate to keep her shielded from the truth, and she wants Edwina to make a decision based on love. Kate begs Lady Danbury not to let her sister know. That will end spectacularly, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bull time. Yes, another one. Yes. Two for one this episode, uh, the Queen is introduced to her guests again, and after making another dig at Lady Mary, Danbury feels the need to have a word with her. Go on, <laughs> Lady D, have a word. Yes. She not so subtly pulls on a few strings and tries to convince Lady, uh, Queen Charlotte to pick Edwina as the season's diamond. Diamond by Rihanna is playing in the background, which is a bit on the nose for my tastes. Uh, Eloise is then introduced and ends up accidentally making Queen Charlotte laugh, much to her horror. She spirals, worrying that people will start thinking she is the next diamond, and drags Penelope out of the ball to go hide with her in the garden. It's a really sweet scene where she confesses she hates being compared to Daphne and longs for the anonymity that Penelope has. Now, in a truly insane move by the show... We then cut to bloody trumpets. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. that was so bad! It's insane. I, yes, it was trumpets, and and it was like these poor, sad trumpets. I, uh. it, it, it was. <laughs> it was. It was horrible. It was it as bad as the fake violin playing from season one. <laughs> <laughs> um. Queen Charlotte makes an asinine royal proclamation about who the new diamond is. Doesn't this woman have royal duties? Does she just have, like her one role in society is to go, that girl's pretty hot. Um, anyway. No surprise here, guys. The diamond is Edwina. Yes. Everyone claps. But no one is more happy than Kate, who makes this like delightful little noise. Yes. She's like... <laughs> It's so cute. Oh, she's so cute. I, I would, I would say that that was definitely a squee. <laughs> she's one of us. She's an Edwina yes. fan girl. Um, yes. Anthony, who is fully down to just marry whoever was named the diamond, makes a beeline (pun intended) towards Edwina <laughs> and is offered her first dance by the Queen. And I was like, no, Queen, you know not what you do. Anyway, <laughs> uh, their conversation on the dance floor is standard Anthony interviewing fare. Um, but this time, Edwina, coached by Kate, replies with all the things Anthony longed to hear. And I was just like, girl, you've got weird, weird life choices going on right I now. Mean, <laughs> and it was hilarious. It was like he asks her, like, 
two or three questions. And then he's like, he's like, I'm like in love is your father is, <laughs> is your father in attendance? I would like to speak with him. <laughs> oh my god, dude. Seriously. <laughs> the fact that she wasn't thrown off by this though is like what well, I'm j i am I need to talk about that in detail later because I'm scared for her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, have you met my Kate? <laughs> uh, Kate thanks Lady Danbury because she knows strings were pulled for them and then wanders around looking for Edwina. No idea that she is dancing with Anthony. When they all converge off the dance floor, Kate is furious and tells Edwina not to go near that man again. Anthony, for his part, has recognized that the woman he has been interested in is the Diamond Sister and yet he is so ramped up on rage and lust that he declares that he will marry Edwina. What a dumbass. So dumb. He's lucky he's pretty. We have to put up with a lot. Um, now, the final scene. By the way, I thought the episode should have stopped there, but we got a final yeah. scene uh, with the Featheringtons arriving home from the ball, similar to the end of last season. And they find a bunch of luggage in their foyer. Varley pops up from behind all the suitcases to tell them the new Lord Featherington has arrived. And he is not the gross old dude they expected, but his significantly younger and handsomer son. He's already mm-hmm. paid for Philippa's dowry, so we're going to get a wedding, everyone! Yay! And yes. he's already moved Portia out of her bedchamber. Poor Varley, who's had a really busy work that night because she's had to haul the luggage in and then like move shit out of Portia's room. It's it's uh, hire some more more people, please. Poor Varley. Yes, she needs to unionize or something. While this author finds Miss Edwina Sharma to be an exceptional young lady, it is about time I used these pages of record for something else—a shift. Is the entire practice of naming a diamond not, well, rather ridiculous? Eloise is thrilled to have Lady Whistledown take up feminist arms, and the Queen declares that Edwina is going to have to do a lot more than simply sparkle this season. I guess time will tell. The end! Yay! Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Okay. First impression of season two. Oh my god! Love it! Love it! Love it! I'm so happy. (laughs) Oh my god. Well, I have to say, I watched the first episode. It was at midnight on Friday morning. um, And I had gone to bed early so that I would you know, get a little sleep before I watched it. And so my first viewing, I was a little, I won't say groggy, but, you know, I, I'd i been asleep and I enjoyed it, um, but I knew that I had to rewatch it. Um, and of course, I didn't, I forgot to turn on the um, subtitles until about halfway through the episode. So anyway, the second time I watched it, uh, oh my god. Uh, oh, I loved every minute of it. I was like, I'm home. I was, just, I was like, the first thing I wanted to do was watch the next episode. <laughs> so I was furious. Yeah, oh, oh, oh god. Yeah, yeah. And I was like scrambling for the remote 
and that little countdown thing was getting closer and closer to the end. I, I've got to the point where as soon as I know the episode has ended, I just immediately turn the TV off. I don't even, like, fuck with, like, trying to get back to Netflix. <laughs> I'm just like, oh! <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, I, I actually, I've got the next episode queued up, ready to go as soon as we finish the podcast because I, I can't wait until later yeah. <laughs> to watch it. <laughs> Um, so how do you think this compares to season one for you? Because I remember I went to like several different events and the cast were always saying like, oh, season one is really different to season two and like blah, blah, blah. And yeah, do you think, does it feel different? It's hard to, it's hard to say because, you know, we have now had season one. We've had the, the development of this family, this storyline, you know, this world. Um, Not if you're Francesca. That we've already been... <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, we've, we've experienced this world and now we're coming back into it, um, with all of that knowledge, you know, in our brains. So it's, it's different. Um, you know, I, I'm at the point where I, I can't say at this point if it's better or not because I've only seen one episode. Um, but I think that the chemistry of Cantony is amazing <laughs> it's off the charts it's uh oh my god yeah that little horse ride um was just like uh-huh yeah these these two need to get together like soon mm-hmm. I, I i love i love the look of kind of fascination that anthony had on his face after she jumped the hedge and turned around to kind of look back at him and he gave her that little head yeah. bow that he does, that little jerky head bow. But, you know, you could just see him, the admiration um, on his face. And it's just, oh, how are we going to get through this? I don't think we'll survive it. Oh. See, oh they God. kept saying, oh, it's so different. And, like, that was the one thing I was waiting to feel when I was watching it. And I just didn't, mm -hmm. I was like, no, this is tonally... It's the same kind of exciting, buzzy, mm -hmm. like gossipy, yes. colorful, joyous. Just it makes me feel the exact same way. I know the story is probably going to mm -hmm. be very different, um, mm -hmm. but it, yeah. I mean, you get the same excitement that I, I felt when watching mm -hmm. episode one of season one. I was just like, it's not that different. It's still like an exciting love story, and mm -hmm. I'm like so sold and waiting for it. All of the excitement. I'm like, oh, yes. this is going to fuck me up in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> Bring, Bring it, it on. on. I'm ready to cry and laugh, people. Um, oh, God. One of the things that definitely is different from season one is that we now have these two new wonderful, well, I guess three because Mary Sharma is technically there, but mm -hmm. she's really a background character at this point. Um, the introduction yeah. of these two new actresses, Sharitha Chandran and Simona Ashley, and they're being played by Asian leads. And um, leading up to season two, with every like clip or um, poster reveal, there was always some like bitchy comments underneath the posts about how like, oh, it's not accurate. Why are there South Asians here? It's just when it's like, and I. <laughs> 
have prepared. Oh my god! Please, why did you watch season one? By the way, because that wasn't exactly the most historically accurate thing I've ever seen. No, I I know. Seriously, it's like um, Simon is black. People, <laughs> I'm the queen. Did, the did you miss queen that? Of England is black. <laughs> yeah. Did did you miss that? It's like such an important oh. component of the show. On this one thing, I want to say that Bridgerton mm-hmm. is actually being more historically accurate than most TV shows set in the Regency period. There have always been South Asians in Europe, even in ancient times. Last night, guess what I mm-hmm. watched for the first time because you suggested that it was good. Um, I watched the first episode of Rome and ah. in, the, in the shots, they had loads of Indian extras because... Yeah. There have been trade networks that reached all the way from Asia through Constantinople into Rome into Western Europe, and, mm-hmm. which means, you know, the occasional migrant. They've, we've, they've always been there. So even yeah. before, like, the impact of colonialism on India, there were documented Indian people living and dying in England. Yes. Now, obviously, after the East Indian Company's rise to power, the numbers drastically increased. There were loads of sailors and servants and merchants to begin with, but then you got scholars and soldiers and students and diplomats. They all made their way across to England, and by the mid-19th century, there were over 40,000 documented living in the capital alone. Now, the proportion of Indians living in Britain at that time was three times the proportion of Britons living in India. Now, how many bloody shows have you seen about British colonisers in England? (laughs) So many. We have never had any TV show where there are Indians in England. And it's just proportionally, if you're going to go for accuracy, I'm just saying, this show has got it right. Yes. there's also loads of examples of interracial relationships, both in India and in England. One of the great ironies of colonialism was that there was often much more freedom um, and there was intermixing between races in England when there wasn't any in India. I mean, Gandhi, for example, wrote about his experiences of dating loads of white women while he studied in England in his autobiography, which is awkward because he was married. Mm-hmm. Um, (laughs) Uh, Whoops. whoops. So while I'm not um, denying that there are certain improbable aspects about the way Bridgerton as a show handles race, uh, the idea aristocracy would accept and associate with Indians is not one of them. Don't be mad on Instagram. Mm -hmm. You just have to look at the case of this man called Dean Mohammed, who was a prominent figure of Brighton society at the time the show is set. He was appointed as shampooing surgeon to both King George the Fourth and William the Fourth because he brought the bold concept of washing your fucking hair to the white people. So thank you for your services, Dean. Everyone yes. wash their hair. Um, yes. <laughs> now if you're interested in the subject and want to know more, I have been reading up on it for the past few weeks because I am a huge history dork. And I can offer you a pretty extensive list of resources <laughs> in our show notes. So if you like these stories, want to check out more people, just head to our notes. 
Um, I also want to say that we want to hear from more Desi and Indian listeners this season. Um, because I'm really conscious of the fact that both you and I are really not the right people to weigh in on whether it's accurate culturally. <laughs> I'm right. very white. Um, so and we just... I'm, I, and I, I'm a black American girl. So, you know, I'm even even more removed from where all of this is happening. So. <laughs> yeah. It would be yeah. kind of awkward if we were like, eh. Oh, very anyway. nice job doing this. <laughs> you did a great job. Thanks. Um, we can't speak for you. So we'd love yes. to amplify your voices instead. So email yes. us. Please do. We want to know what you think. Um mm-hmm. But generally, as a white lady, I'm really enjoying watching somebody killing it who Mm -hmm. looks like Simone and Sharitha. I'm like, yes, you go. I'm tired of these white ladies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and they are both so incredibly beautiful. Um, They are owning Regency. (laughs) Owning it! Very believable diamond. I was like, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) With that said, we need to dive deep into these storylines because it's a whole house mess. Firstly speaking. (laughs) Yeah. Anthony's quest for a wife. I mean. For the love of God. (laughs) Especially, it is such, it is such a 180 from last season. Um, I, I swear, I think I got whiplash, um, you know, from, you know, this, this, this quest that he is on now after, you know, having been so, I don't wanna in season one, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's not going to work for you, dude. It's so self-destructive as well. This is the worst way to go about it. Like mm-hmm. it's like he just does not know how humans emote, <laughs> and it's so so awkward to watch. I'm just like, are you a robot person? What's going on right now? <laughs> yeah, it's it the the head slap that's going to come when he realizes that you know this um, almost um, scientific pursuit uh is uh going to fail miserably um i'm i am waiting for that moment i will have my popcorn ready it's almost what he deserves but i feel so bad for him at the same time because i'm like he is not well equipped to handle this sort (laughs) of nuance and just just like wanting here's the thing wanting certain qualities in a wife that you are looking for is quite sensible We've all been mm-hmm. on terrible dates and we've gone, you know what, I need someone who's a bit smarter. But he's yes. just, oh my god, <laughs> I was so embarrassed. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, part of that, I think, is that he really is a drama queen and he leans into either self-destructive yeah. qualities or he's like, I'm going straight and narrow, so I will <laughs> really go for it. Yeah. And I also think, like, oh. that that scene... Well, the montage of him, like he is just mm-hmm. too depressed to be looking for a wife. <laughs> that man is very <laughs> unhappy. He's yeah. a walking 
festering wound and someone needs <laughs> to hold an intervention ASAP. But, you know, Violet seems incapable of nurturing her son in the same way she does with her other children. Every time she, it's, like, mm-hmm. obvious that Anthony needs guidance, she's like, Benedict, go talk to your brother. Like, handle your own mothering, Violet. You're literally the only parent he has left. Can you, like, talk to him? <laughs> and honestly, what does she think Benedict is going to be able to do? Give him some cake? <laughs> Seriously. Oh, show him some of his artwork? Um, Kate and Edwina. And, of course, Lady Danbury's role in it. That was, mm-hmm. this was my favorite storyline. What about you? Yeah, me too. Uh, well, I, you know, I adore anything that Lady Danbury does because, you know, she's just magnificent. Um, but, uh, I really love how, um, they wound up getting deeper into the, the why this is happening. Um, you know, and, you know, she and Kate had that, uh, kind of tense at first. Yeah. Um, discussion about the situation. Um, and it gave the reason for all of this happening, um, much more depth. And, uh, I think that we may wind up seeing, uh, more, um, multidimensional, uh, stuff happening with the, the characters within that context. You know, it's, it's cute that, you know, Eloise is, you know, freaking out about, you know, her, her debut and, you know, that kind of thing. But, um, you know, there is, um, a story to be told here about how families react when their children or, uh, individual within the family does something like marries interracially. Um, or within this case, it is definitely more of a class situation as opposed to race, since, you know, we, we have a multiracial, um, cast for this. It, it is definitely more about class. Um, and so I think we're going to see, um, we're going to see the repercussions of that and how that can ripple. I really love that, like, this is not going to be like breaking news for anyone, but I really love Kate as a female lead. Mm-hmm. She's such a contrast to Daphne in season one because she's mm-hmm. really, like, really assertive. And she's like this really tough nut to crack on the surface. But in that scene mm-hmm. with Lady Danbury, she became really vulnerable. And you can see that there's yes. so much emotion within her bubbling underneath. And that's going to be mm-hmm. so fun to explore throughout the season. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think she's she is really well developed. But I also yeah. love that she's also a mess like Anthony. I really think... <laughs> They're very similar, and they're making some of the same mistakes as each other. Um, and I think, like, they've obviously tried to make Kate's actions sort of mirror Anthony's in season one. Like, she's very overprotective. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, as much as people want Anthony to change, um, I think Kate 
needs someone like Anthony as well to break down some of her like tough girl walls and get her to sort of she one thing I, I was really frustrated about was like she needs to live her own life like not through her sister yeah that shot of her holding yeah. one of Edwina's dresses up to herself oh. like I was nearly crying I was like no Kate you need your own life yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was talking about how she's gonna be a really great aunt and she's not mm-hmm. and it's just like you should like you want you, these you, things it, yeah there, there should be more to 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 what you have in life um you know not to say that it isn't an awesome thing being you know like the the cool auntie um you know i've i've done that my entire life and it it has been a great deal of fun but um you know it's clear that she wants more yeah, she's There's just so much longing. Mm-hmm. You know, she's denying it uh, because she is not biologically related to um, Edwina and Lady Mary, and you know, she's like, I, you know, nope, she, I'm not in this family, um, and as such, you know, she's denying the fact that she deserves a as much of a chance at happiness with you know as edwina does she spent like that speech about edwina like you need to search for love like you deserve true love i'm like kate so do you. why don't you deserve it what about you like is her self-esteem yeah. so low that she can't want that she can't allow herself to want that because she just thinks she won't get it i mean that's so sad yeah and then yeah. i also think that mirrors anthony so well as well because i think part of why he is refusing to fall in love with his wife is because he thinks like he won't get it. Mm-hmm. That's so deeply sad. This yeah. is a lot deeper than anything that happened in I season know. one. Can I just say, I'm I like, know. oh, these people, they need to find each other to be happy. Oh, um, oh God. And I think we started talking about it earlier, but I, the thing about Eloise in particular with me, but that scene she had with Anthony, I mean. She doesn't have the skills to weed out suitors. Mm-hmm. Anthony was giving off huge red flags of like, oh, yeah. I am not seeing you as a person. I am robot Anthony. And she, she's too young. She's just, mm-hmm. she's like, she's besotted by him because he's pretty and he's yes. charming and he's, he's a Viscount and everybody says he'd be a good match. So she's just like, yeah, okay. Okay. paying attention to me she's i think she also has low self-esteem because yeah. she she just was so nervous about oh will everyone like me will i be the diamond and it's like edwina mm-hmm. edwina come on girl look for someone that's like a love match like come on girl like ugh. and i yeah. think she and sheltering her from like the reality of the situation is going to end so badly. I just, yeah. I feel bad for Edwina. I feel bad yeah. for Kate. I feel yeah. bad for Anthony as well, even though he's sort of bringing this on for himself. <laughs> oh, I just want Edwina to be like, you know what? I'm going to be my own person. Because part of the problem for me is that I think Kate has like molded Edwina. She has mm-hmm. been spending years teaching her all these things and like, and now she has created the perfect woman for Anthony. <laughs> it's the yes. greatest irony. And it's like, is this even Edwina, like the person? Or is this Kate's little puppet? 
Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. And it's just so disturbing. And you're like, I don't know how you're going to get out of this because this is such a mess already. Like, I'm already like, no, this is unfortunate. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's, it's, oh, I'm I'm distressed. I have so much distress already. Um, Oh. And just to make this clear for anybody who hasn't read the book, um, Edwina was more of an active participant in her pursuit of her husband. Ah. And she knew about the financial implications if she was oh. to fail to marry. Um, because I think, A, how have they managed to hide this from her? She mm-hmm. knows how much money her family has. Um, and also because there was... Kate isn't, like, a merchant's daughter in the book. She's a full... Her father was a gentleman's daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, part the show introducing somebody who's technically middle class to the queen makes no sense. Yeah. Um, but I kind of understand why they've gone for this because Edwina not knowing will create more tension down the line between the sisters. Yeah. Um, and it, hopefully it'll create more of an arch for Edwina. Um, she was more of a secondary character in the novel because it is a romance and you just focus on the leads basically mm-hmm. um so this will give her more of an arc i think i what i root for is that she like sort of breaks free and becomes her own woman and she's like i'm not gonna marry who you tell me um <laughs> or she just like maybe can she just spend some time being a normal young lady not desperate to get a man because I, I'm just like it's so sad I'm like you don't have to just be this little dressed up doll for a man's amusement I sound like Eloise don't I oh my god help me <laughs> yes you do <laughs> <laughs> but like here's the thing she's now become the diamond last season I felt like Daphne at least like knew who she was and like mm-hmm. what she wanted I don't feel that way about Eloise not Eloise, Edwina. This is Edwina. too many. I yes. feel I don't feel that way about Edwina. I feel like she's just a little puppet, and she needs like I don't know. Go out for she's, a walk. She's make some yeah, friends. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, she is basically um, doing you know what her mother and her sister want her to do. We're not seeing the the independence, um, the and the 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 fierceness that we saw in Daphne. I mean, Daphne laid out what's his face with a punch. <laughs> Do you see Edwina doing something like that? I don't know. You know, so anyhow, it's, this is going to be a very, very interesting storyline. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to feel very many emotions. Um, mm-hmm. We need to move on. Cause there are other storylines. Yeah. God, I blabbered on. And sorry. Um, <laughs> I have feelings. Um, <laughs> Penelope slash Lady Whistledown, as we should refer to her now. Lady yes. Penelope. Um, and Eloise yes. the Cockblock. <laughs> oh, my Lord. What did you think about this whole mess? Oh, I... First of all, I loved it when she was at the publishers and she's doing the Irish lady's maid thing because that was wonderful how is she so good at that though i need that backstory like is she is she from ireland yes 
Yeah. Girl, you need to watch Dairy Girls if you didn't know that. Girl, girl, it's on Netflix. Yes, ma'am. It's good. Yes, ma'am. She plays a a very wee lesbian and we stand. Oh, right on. Um, I think that you know, as we discussed earlier, that the the whole the whole process for her getting her uh, materials published, um, you know, the the stealthy. Um, the, the stealthy carriage. And does she own the carriage? I mean, yes. Yeah, I don't understand. Like how? How? Does that... if she's hiring a hackney. Yes. Okay. Then how is she storing the clothes there? Exactly. The, the, is that person in on it? But then is she? Then how is she not getting caught? Because then, the you know they had they hired that what's it called the Bow Street Runner. Mm-hmm. If I was the Bow Street Runner, I would just follow that bloody cab. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I was just kind of like, okay, this is this is this is not well thought out. Um, and since I don't know, uh, you know, we talked about this in the the last series that you know, Lady Whistledown is not revealed in the first book, um, and I don't know how it winds up coming out. I'm assuming it's in the book where um we have Penelope's story being told. Um so and That's season four, <clears throat> baby. Okay. Um but I I have no idea whether or not it was the same kind of process in the book and I'm no, assuming by your reaction it's not. Um no, cause this is insane. <clears throat> this this is, is terrible. This is nuts. It's nuts. Ugh. Uh, one thing I loved though was her hiding her notes in her in her boobs. I was like, "Oh, yes, I used to yes. do that so it's, much." It's well, like notes, the but... safest place. It's the safest place. I was like, um, "Oh, the nostalgia <laughs> I feel. Why don't I do that anymore?" Huh. <laughs> oh gosh, um, but but yeah, I loved how. Um, I here's here's one thing. I love the fact that we were able to see how she wound up getting her, her um, information, you know, and, and yeah. it was revealed, you know, like no one pays attention to the wallflower. Um, and you're kind of going, aha, well, of course, that's how she winds up getting that information. What I um, don't understand is she's leaving mid ball. So how is she getting the information yeah. if she's not there? Well, she's, maybe she's getting some of the information, but not all. But that doesn't make sense because you know, time. You're not get all the scoop. There could be some. There could be some scoop that you miss. So it. I mean, it makes more sense that she would leave after her family goes to sleep. Yeah. Um. Than squirreling away. You know, mid ball. It also didn't appear and, to affect turnaround time at all. So I don't know why that was like uh, such uh, a thing. Also, how did yeah. she not make any contingency plans for when Eloise was? Being a cock block, because that was predictable <laughs> as hell. Like, did she think oh, yeah. Eloise wouldn't glue on to her? Wouldn't drop that bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't drop. Wouldn't. Wouldn't drop the the bone of curiosity of Whistledown. But also, when it was time for her to come out, she was going to be all about <laughs> Penelope. Penelope, help save me. me. <laughs> yes, exactly. I will say, like, you know how I complained all se- all season one that Eloise, like, needed to learn about 
other female writers because it was annoying the shit out of me that yes. I was like, I, I actually screamed and squealed in excitement <laughs> that Eloise had discovered other authors existed. I, I was just like, oh, she's read about first wave feminism. I'm so proud of you, <laughs> Eloise. Come on, read more books. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it gives her insistence on being independent and wanting that and craving that it gives it substance thankfully yeah you know yeah it it finally gives it substance so glad that that finally came into play growth it'll be it'll be fun to see how that shakes out with um whistledown's um focus shifting a little bit yeah, that's bizarre. I'm not sure how Lady Whistledown can consistently add feminism to stories about who's sleeping with who and who's. <laughs> it's essentially gossip, hunt. <laughs> like, yes. Um, speaking of bizarre Lady Whistledown choices, we're into season two. I don't understand why the Queen is obsessed with Whistledown, or why Penelope keeps fucking with her. This needs to be dug into more because, I mean, the motivation. For this enmity that has built makes no sense to me. And it was also there, like, from, boom, episode one. And we're now into season two. I need to know mm-hmm. what's motivating the queen to, like, what grinding her gears about Whistledown. Do you have any insights into this? Am I just, like... No, I think that... I think that we... Well, obviously, one of the, the things about Whistledown is that she does... Uh, not maintain the anonymity of the people she talks about. She is she is boldfaced, listing out mm-hmm. who is doing what, where, and and all that kind of stuff. And I I can imagine that, um, you know, it is chafing the queen's ass that all of the the all of the crazy machinations of the the tongue and the season and. And all of that are being laid bare uh, by this gossip writer, um, and my it, I'm guessing that it is just annoying the hell out of her, and especially now that she realizes that the the person writing this is someone who is part of the the tongue, and um, you know that that is. That is going to be particularly bothersome. But in contrast, she also says that she wants something exciting to happen. And it's like, Lady Whistledown mm-hmm. is the most exciting thing to happen to this ton in years. <laughs> you like True gossip? Enough. Here it is. It's very bizarre re- reasoning. I've, I mean, I go with it, but I'm also like, hold back. You need to <laughs> fill in the gaps sometimes, writers. You're like going at a breakneck speed and I still, I'm not catching it. Um, okay favorite scenes oh my god well i think i think both you and i can agree that the the uh morning ride uh ranks right up there as probably one of the best scenes uh that uh we've seen in you know all of our wanderings through um british period dramas at least for me um it it was so delightful and um intriguing and 
made you want this to go on. I know. You know it made you want it to go <laughs> it's on. over already. Oh, my God. So, uh, so yeah. And now that I've seen, you know, I've seen this first episode. I've seen the chemistry that the two of them have. You know, I, I went back and I watched the trailer. And um, oh I rewatched the trailer. And I was like, oh, my God. I can't wait for these scenes. <laughs> So yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, just I, oh, just funny. loved it. I've watched that scene too many times. <laughs> I think like of all of the scenes in the show because I have to watch the show a lot. By mm-hmm. the way, listeners, because I do the recap and then I I have to come up with conversation topics, so I end up watching it three times. <laughs> and um, but that scene I've at least watched like twenty times individually, not counting. Mm-hmm. the other times <laughs> um you're so funny <laughs> it's just like i can't help it i love i just love watching anthony be happy is that so yeah. sad is that tragic thing? i just he's such a different person when he's like around kate yeah he's like smiley and they have this quick whip banter and she really challenges him and i just i just that it's like you are here for affection. it yeah, I was like, I knew I was going to enjoy this ship no matter what, but these two actors are really like sensationally good at their mm-hmm. chemistry and the banter, and yeah, yeah. Um, I think my favorite, even though I love that scene, my the scene that touched me the most mm-hmm. was the Kate Lady Danbury scene. Oh yeah, I was like so moved by everything about, yeah. i mean i just went on a huge spiel for ages about <laughs> that but that one scene gave you so much detail about mm-hmm. like, both kate and edwina as characters mm-hmm. and i love the dynamic between kate and lady danbury yes um, i think the inclusion of kate into lady danbury's life is really interesting because i think in season one you always felt like lady danbury was in control she was like she has bad bitch energy you know she's Mm -hmm. like she says i know everything and then with kate pops up and really challenges her and she's like i don't know she just was a bit thrown at first and i i love love seeing that interaction i like seeing that other side to lady danbury and i also think like by the end of the episode they were like co-conspirators oh absolutely and it's really bizarre because i was like where's lady mary in this like Why aren't you planning this with her? Um, that's a bit weird. Oh God, yeah. no! You're you're absolutely right. Um, I I love how you know Lady Danbury's um uh approach uh at the very beginning of that scene, she was pissed. You know, she I'd was be pissed. pissed. Too. Yeah, she was pissed, and by the end of it, she was won over by by Kate. Me? I know she was. Just, I was like, Kate, I would lay down my life to make you happy. I, would... <laughs> I We have to talk about Lady Danbury and Newton because that is the true enemy. Oh, lovers, my God. That is so funny. The look on her face. <laughs> Whenever she would look over at the dog, she was just like. <laughs> Adua, oh, my God. She's got such great comedic oh. timing. I want her to do more comedy in this show because. 
in season one, she was like very like, I will tell everyone what to do. Yes. Simon, you are being dumb. And like this season, she gets to like add more layers to Danbury. So I'm like, yes. oh, I'm so I'm excited to see yes. all of these women. Like, because think about how many women are in this show. Like, I know. All, of, all of them are killing it. And yeah. I just, oh, I love it. I'm so happy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I love this. I despise English tea. <laughs> <laughs> I despise English. I despise English tea. I love English tea. that scene earlier where she's like, "I'm sure Lady Danbury has much to teach us, like how yes. to make this tea that I fucking hate. That tastes disgusting." Yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Uh, least favorite scene. I hate the whole diamond ball concept. Yeah. It was, I mean, grand proclamations about who's going to be the popular chick at school. Mm-hmm. The idea of being a diamond was organic in season one. Yes. And now it's yes. become like this con- it- tr- <laughs> contrived thing. And yes. Anthony's like, well, I will pick the diamond and then we will have a ceremony. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, it was sort of like, you know, in movies when you get the prom key queen and prom king, they were like, we have declared Edwina and Anthony must court. And yes. I was like, no, thank you. This is insane. <sighs> yeah. Um, you know, and you are absolutely right. <clears throat> Excuse me. That it just happened in season one, you know. I've heard the phrase before, um, but it you know just what, happened. You know, the phrase, the season's incomparable, is much mm-hmm. more um, popular in romance novels than the diamond. Mm-hmm. Like, the diamond yeah. of the first water thing was just a throwaway line. Mm-hmm. It's weird that the, yeah, the show's because... like diamonds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Daphne was referred to as the season's incomparable, um, you know, after that. Yeah, you know, the diamond got thrown around a little bit, but, um, you know, now it has become, you know, the crown. It feels a bit gimmicky. You know, it's, it's, it's like, it, it's like, it's like a beauty contest now. Yeah. Yeah. It's got that kind of feel to it. And I'm not, I'm not digging it. And I also don't think that's what it was in season one. So if it's, it's no. like, it just it's in I I hate I hate it. Um <laughs> But the ball yeah. was pretty. I think I also, also what really tipped me over the edge was when they started mm. playing Rihanna's Diamond. I wanted to like crawl in a hole and die. I was like <laughs> This is too on the nose. Oh my god. Um, by contrast, um Needle Drop, what was your favorite music needle drop moment? Um, well, I was thankful for the, uh, the captions because they would give me a clue. Remember last year I was like, okay, I don't know what song this is. What song is it? Um, (laughs) um, but, uh, uh, when they had, they, they, they did Nirvana. Yes. By the and way, I was like, wait, I didn't, what? I didn't recognize oh. the song at all. I was like, oh, this uh-huh. is really catchy. Um, <laughs> and I, it felt familiar, but if you had said, like, which grunge band it was, gone to yeah. my head, I wouldn't have known. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I lived through the whole grunge thing here in Seattle and uh, it was really awesome, by the way. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm well familiar with um, Nirvana's catalog. And so when that came on, I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> it's, it's surprisingly catchy. Like yeah. I had that hook stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Even like now. Um, yeah. Yep. Also, just I loved that the way they shot and edited that montage of. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt terrible after seeing that. I was like, "This isn't fun." Like, I, I, his life sucks. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't and, be and, here anymore. Yeah, and you know, his face said it all. You know, his face said it all. It's like, okay, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And you know, okay, I'm still horny as, as hell, so I'm I'm gonna do that. And you know, it's gonna be meaningless. He looked um, like he, it was a chore to him as well. He was just like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna have some sex because that's what's expected yeah. of me. Yeah, because I'm capital R rake. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> poor Anthony, he had sad sex. Oh, yes, poor thing. Well, you know, Sienna, his sex muse is gone. Oh, when he burnt her poster. Yes. Oh, thank God. He's over it. He's (laughs) over it. We can move on. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. Sigh of relief. She's not getting... They've they've dealt with it. Don't have to talk about that anymore. Um, Yes. That was... Yeah. That was, I think, one of the highlights of the episode for me. Like, overall. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I hope they pick more songs that are kind of out of left field um yeah. material girl was again a little bit like predictable <laughs> a little bit on the nose yeah i was nose. like yeah. you could have picked something like i don't know i also don't think it's appropriate for the sh- the Sharma sisters um maybe it's <laughs> yes it's like more about the ton but even then like i don't know um <sighs> music i hope they you know, mix it up a bit more. Let, yeah, keep keep us surprised. Keep us on our toes. Yeah, I mean, who would have thought mm-hmm. that the Nirvana song would be the best one in the episode? But yeah, um, mm-hmm. costumes. What was your favorite costume mm-hmm. moment? Because there were many. Uh, there were so many. Um, I loved the. I actually loved the dress that uh, Eloise wore to the Diamond Ball. And the the tiara, because it was a a different style of tiara than what we've typically seen. Um, you know, uh, I, although I will agree with you that they gotta do better with the the wig situation on this show. Some of the wigs were oh, fine. We missed wig talk. Oh my god, we missed wig talk. Cue wig talk, everyone. Queen Charlotte's flawless as usual. That's why they won the Emmys. Um, I, just for Queen I Charlotte's would, wigs. I would, I would love to know how heavy those things are. Oh, she's talked about this They've at the panel. Just be ridiculous. She says they're they're so heavy. The the crew set up, like, they set up like this rig for her so that she could hold her head up for the whole of the shooting day because oh it was so heavy God. she like just couldn't hold her neck up anymore so they they like rigged oh. this like plank of wood 
and <laughs> she would like between takes she would like rest against it and like prop her it would like hold her head up like it was oh, so heavy it's it's just it's insane but um uh her wigs were amazing somebody kill that piece of roadkill take that piece of roadkill that is sitting on top of penelope's head oh god i hate it it is the it is absolutely hideous eloise and penelope love the color oh love the color but that wig has got to i also think portia featherington needs a new one because i'm very tired of her her hair Mm -hmm. looking polly walker one of the hottest women on the planet what have you done to her with that wig Oh, maybe it's it is, you know, because they are poor right now that, you know, they just don't have the the funds to be able to uh, do anything else with it. But perhaps after the new Lord Featherington um, gets them back on their feet, they'll we'll be able to see something, something new atop their heads. I think we can officially blame Varley for this because she's the only one doing their hairs right now. (laughs) <laughs> oh that scene where she was like should i make some potatoes <laughs> i was like oh god yes <laughs> this poor woman i feel so bad for Vali. she's not oh, getting paid god. she's doing all of the work oh oh god and poor penelope who you know is seeing the 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 struggle is real for the family yet she is upstairs squirreling away tens of hundreds of pounds which is a huge amount of money back then. Um, but I, I really don't want her to feel guilty and hand it over. I, would, I wouldn't I would mind if she was like, you know what, I'm sick of eating potatoes. Here, have... <laughs> Mother, I found some <laughs> pin money. Like, just like a few pennies to get yes. something else. Because potatoes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Potatoes, I mean, I love potatoes, but, you know, they get to be pretty boring after a while. But uh, We were talking about costumes. Anyway costumes yes wasn't it weird that the the featheringtons when they were in mourning they were all wearing like brown i was like that's yeah. not that's not a morning color huns we need to also talk about the timeline of that as well uh-huh. they've not been in mourning for a full year no it's been like a summer <laughs> it's actually been the whole of winter oh what's because um the wait Actually, technically, you are correct because the season was different in Regency than it was ah, going to become. Okay. But um, the season was from, like, April to, like, August at the latest. And okay. by the way, the season still kind of exists here. Um, really? So, yeah. I mean, you'd be like, why do we still have these things? And the answer is because these people are still in positions of fa- power. And, yeah. Um, it really, truly does suck. They don't um, still do, like, debutante shit, do they? Or do they? We, ha- we have them here. Yeah, I know. That's ironic. Yeah. Um. So the queen, um, Elizabeth, when she became queen, was like, I ain't doing this shit anymore. I'm the fucking queen. I don't have time. <laughs> so they stopped doing the bows. Um, and there's no, like, balls or anything. Uh-huh. Um, but they still have, like, events that are considered, like, part of the social season. Mm-hmm. So things like the regatta boat race or Chelsea Flower Show, mm-hmm. Ascot, which we're going Ascot, to see. Ascot, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So 
that's all of these events that were designed to entertain the rich still exist. I uh-huh. mean, you can buy tickets to them now as as a poor. You can attend. Uh-huh. Um, why you would choose to, I don't uh, know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> um, that was also Daphne's baby. She managed to get pregnant and mm-hmm. give birth before the next season. We are talking about Poldark time. It yes. Repped over into Bridgerton. And <laughs> oh, I'm God. Hashtag Bridgerton time. Oh, my God. Also, also that one line, <laughs> one line where um, Portia was like, he might send us to Cornwall. And- yes. <laughs> Cornwall. Cornwall. <laughs> and I could just imagine Ross Poldark walking past and Prudence suddenly her eyes perk up like, oh, maybe Cornwall's not so bad. I loved um, the royal blue gown Kate wore for her oh, first yeah. day in London. Yeah. Um, what I love in particular is the contrast that it has to Daphne's like little little pastel numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gives her like this air of maturity compared to all the other debutantes. Yeah. And, like even Edwina like is all in these pastel shades, and you're like, eh, mm-hmm. can we get some other looks, babe? <laughs> Um, I, I'm I'm wondering whether or not we're going to see more of that, more bold colors. I hope, I hope so. so. I hope well, so. I've seen, you know, like in the trailer, she does wear like this like really great purple number that I'm like excited to see. And yeah, yes. I also love that she's wearing Bridgerton blue. Like it's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same shade, but it's still blue. So it's I'm blue. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a sign. We take yes. them where we can get them. Official bee count. Did you spot it? Yes. It was uh, buzzing around as uh, our heroine from season one, Daphne, uh, arrived at the Bridgerton house to support her sister, Eloise. <laughs> yeah. So helpful. <laughs> um, I wa- yeah. If we miss any bees, by the way, can people write in and tell us? Cause yes, I'm, please. I'm taking this very seriously. We will find all the bees and we will count them. Okay, performer of the episode. Do I even need to ask? It's it's Simone Ashley, people. Yeah, of course, of course. It is. It's her. She's, She's amazing. Queen. queen. She's, she is Let's the moment. crowned her already. All other people, get out of her way because I will probably be naming her every episode. <laughs> oh, I loved her. I mean, I, I I absolutely loved her. It's like her energy is is it's a breath of fresh air. Um and I can't wait to see how uh her character develops. I I I I I can't wait. Also just want to mention she's doing like a re- like this regency regency received pronunciation uh, via India. It's like the most complicated accent I've ever heard, and she is <laughs> nailing it. And I'm like, how are you this good at acting? Because this is her first major role. I've literally seen everything else she's done, and she, they barely give her scenes. Oh, my <laughs> she God. Is basically an extra in sex education. It's truly upsetting. Wasted potential. And now she's just like out here being sensational at acting. I don't. Yes. I've never seen this before. Um, but very happy for her. Yay. Mm-hmm. No. 
Cannot wait to see more. And Winston, of course. Newton. Do you think... Uh, Newton. God, what am I thinking? You Newton. Think, uh, oh. Winston. Newton. Do you think that that little drip of slobber was, like, fake? Or do no. you think he... he yep. No, I believe he's method. He's a method actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Also, the, so sweet. also, at the panel, they said that the dog was, like, really in love with Simone. Like, him and Aww. Simone Ashley were just, like, little besties. And I'm like, oh, we stan. We stan a dog woman. Yes. Oh, God, it's so sweet. So cute. I loved when they picked, when she picked him up and to put him on. Like, you can tell he's a yes. little heavy, and it's just, oh, it's just like a chubby little boy. <laughs> oh, what a good boy. Good boy. Okay. Oh, God. Okay. The most important question. How many bees out of five? Bzz, bzz. Uh, 11 billion. <laughs> All of the bees. <laughs> All of the bees. Every single bee. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Five plus, 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 plus. Eleven T. All of the bees. Eleven T. All of the bees. All of them. All of the bees. Um, okay, inbox time. Thank you for people who got in touch. I was begging for emails and nobody sent any. Um, You're all very rude because I can see you watching the stories. <laughs> Behave. <laughs> you out no it's okay if you don't have anything to say i think some people are frightened of like because they've seen all of the episodes all of the episodes some people were missing yeah, like have they, you seen them and i was like no spoilers no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah oh gosh but we did get some messages yeah. we got an anonymous in our tumblr ask box that said what storylines Will you be the most interested in after watching the first episode besides the main romance? Smiley face. Oh, gosh, they took that one off the table. <laughs> um, I'll be interested to see how um, the whole uh, Lady Whistledown Penelope situation becomes to spin out of control because it, they, she can't continue. <laughs> she can't continue like this. Things are going to start falling apart, um, so I'm I'm kind of looking forward to that. Um, how about you? Um, does Edwina count as? as a, I just want yeah. I want to see growth for Edwina. I'm interested to see, yeah. like, if she has any other suitors that she could maybe like mm-hmm. maybe go just go towards them. Leave Anthony alone. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I, I don't love love triangles. Um. No, and and this would be this would be a really it would be the worst really hard one. This would be really hard. Don't bring fa- like I'm sorry, but family when it's family. Yeah. Ugh. No. no. Um. So no. I'm excited for like just character growth, and I want to see more. Li- like mm-hmm. I I love all these characters, and I want to see those little moments. I don't know that there's a particular storyline outside of the romance. Like even with. Even with Penelope, Lady Whistledown, like I'm seeing so many plot holes already that I'm like, I, I mean, I root for you, Penelope. Mm-hmm. But the storyline gives me yeah. migraines. Um, so yeah, well, it's like it, it's it is a giant. This can't end. This can't end well. <laughs> moment. Yes. So let's see. Um, Blessed Buffet. I think that's how you say it. So, Blessed Buffet 
uh, says, I was wondering if you would give my Bridgerton fan group watch party Discord server a shout out, please. Yeah, I will be cool. adding a link <coughs> in our show notes to anyone who wants a place to discuss the show that isn't the high drama fest of Twitter or just <coughs> the bonkers take takes that are, exist on Reddit. And brilliantly, <coughs> oh for anyone God. avoiding spoilers like us, there are individual episode discussion channels, so that's super convenient. Um, oh, nice. I'm still avoiding it because I live in constant you know. fear. Um, got yeah. David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we gotta protect ourselves, you it's, know? It's vice because, uh, important. Yeah. Um, Do not want to be spoiled for this Except... Season. For the episode description of the second episode. I mean, you're about to yeah. watch the episode, so this is like really build up for you. Um, the description for 202. Okay, the episode. Yes. It's called Off to the Races. And mm. the episode description says, Facing heated competition and a prickly foe. I think that's Kate, everyone. Um, <laughs> Anthony steps up yeah. his courtship game. You would hope so, wouldn't oh. you? Anyway, uh, yes. Eloise makes a lady whistle down discovery as a familiar family member returns. Um, can you say Colin? Colin? Oh, God. No, Colin's coming back with that goatee, and I'm not going to be happy. No. Um, oh, oh, God. No, we d- we're going to have, we're going to have disappointing facial hair moment. Luke Newton, babes, you know I love you. I will support you, <laughs> but it's patchy. It's patchy, oh, and that no. is like that's really disappointing. That is that's the worst kind of facial hair, really. It's oh you know, god. We just got rid of Anthony's mutton chops, and now we have to deal with this. <laughs> oh, please shave! Can everybody just <laughs> we're really rooting oh, for shaving? Um, so, what are oh, you most god. looking forward to in the episode you're about to watch? Oh, I want to see. Um, I want to see Anthony not get his way. <laughs> gonna be so fun <laughs> i know i know it's gonna be like oh yeah you thought this is gonna be smooth sailing for you <laughs> got news for you boy not only are you gonna have to deal with all of the other dudes scrambling to get the the diamond's attention but you have somebody that is even even more oh Cockblocking <laughs> There's no other word for that than you than you were, uh, because you know you just kind of folded after a while. Yeah, well, um, you can't restrain but, uh, that level of horniness, and I think, I think that's yeah, fair. true enough, true enough. But uh, oh yeah, she she is gonna make you look like your little efforts look like child's play, and I'm here I'm for so it. So excited to see the horse race because it's like finally something that's not a ball we get to like a social event that's different yay um oh also kate is clearly a horse girl she's she's gonna Mm -hmm. be like bitch i know who's gonna win and Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go and place a bet on it and beat you anthony and that is gonna drive him crazy Oh, it, have have you seen Parks and Rec? Because there's the there's this famous I have not from um 
the central cam- <laughs> central um character that's like men love it when you beat them at things they enjoy and <laughs> that's that's what i think about when i think that's the energy that's gonna happen he's gonna be like a know-it-all and mm-hmm. she's gonna know more because she's a horse girl exactly mm-hmm. to be like yeah try try to keep up i love that it's gonna be fun i i can't i can't wait to see them fight this is um a weird yes. thing to say out loud, but I really love like a good people hating on each other dynamic. Um, <laughs> it's what I loved about the first few episodes oh. of Sanderton when they were just like, I hate you! No, I hate you more! And it's like, no, you're really in love. <laughs> um, this uh, energy! Yeah. It's like, no! No! <laughs> uh-huh. We're so excited. Uh-huh. It's really... <laughs> I can't wait! Can't wait! Can't wait! Oh... So, gang, that's all from us this time. Uh, it, uh, that should be enough from us this time. <laughs> You're probably uh, sick of us. You're like, yeah. shut up. <laughs> uh, we will be back next week uh, recapping and discussing the second episode. Um, until then, uh, follow us on social media. We are at In the Books Network on Instagram and Twitter. We are also on Tumblr if you want to send us some anonymous questions. Our ask box is open, and we are, of course, dying to hear what you thought of episode two. Please email us at In The Books Network, and we will read you out in our inbox section. Just remember, no spoilers. Uh, And finally, uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review, because it really helps us reach a larger audience. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you soon. Bye. Bye. Thought she was grand Fell in love Found out firsthand. Went well For a week or two Then it all Came unclued In a trap Trip I can't grab Never thought I'd be the one who'd sleep Then I started To realize